Welcome to Let's Talk, the pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk's the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. In short, the program's designed for someone just like me because you know there's a lot I don't understand. Not necessarily something soul-shaking, it might just be something that's been bothering me for a while. And I find that rather than getting into a deep theological discussion, Sometimes a front porch style talk, the pastor's the best way to understanding. That's what this program is all about. Today's guest pastor is Lance O'Donnell of St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Akamanawak, Wisconsin. I have my questions, and I'm sure you have yours. You can send your questions by email at any time to letstalk at kfuo.org or call in during the program at 314-821-0850 in the St. Louis area. That includes Metro East. Or you can call toll-free anywhere in the lower 48 at 800-730-2727. Lance, welcome once again to the front porch. Good to be back. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, it looks like autumn's finally here. You know, it happens all at once here around St. Louis, where one day we'll have the temperatures up in the 80s, maybe even pressing 90, then the next week we might not even get up to 70. Well, we had frost on the cars this morning. It was a little bizarre. That's a little early, even for us in Wisconsin. Ouch. <laughs> At least this part of Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Well, after having lived 30 years in California, and actually I'm kind of glad to see uh, sea frost and snow. Now, being in it, it's another story. <laughs> but uh, Indeed. But, yeah, okay, today's, today's uh, program, Lance, I think is actually designed both for you and for me. Um, we are both coming to an age where we've spent most of our careers behind us and we're looking ahead and thinking, gee, do I really want to retire? And if so, what shall I do? Well, what do you think? <laughs> um, there is any a, other Lutheran uh, in that same situation. Yeah, I'm not nearly as close as, as you are probably, but nevertheless, uh, I'm thinking about it. I mean, I just turned 51, but um, you know, I'm thinking about it in a way that I wasn't 10 years ago. That's for darn sure. Um, and uh, I, have a, I have an article or an essay I want to recommend to you. I have to see if I can find it by Robert Greenleaf. Do you know Greenleaf? No, I don't. So uh, Robert Greenleaf was, um, he worked for AT&T and he retired or he retired at, I think age 58 or 55 or 60 as the the director of management research for the what was then the massive AT&T before it was split, if I remember rightly. And he spent the latter part of his career there with carte blanche across the company to help improve their processes, management, all that, did tons of research. And he became an expert in what came to be called servant leadership. And I have a, bun I have a, a book of essays by him uh, in an audio format. And one of those essays is called "On Growing Old." <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Ouch! And 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 he had a Greenleaf had a a really vigorous second career. And one of the things that impressed me about the essay, and I've been thinking about a lot more the last couple of years, is he 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 was a really active man um, up until his. I think mid to late seventies and in very active in what he called his second career. And 
that second career came about as, as a result of a, what he called a lot of preparation for it while he was still in his first career. So I'll be curious what that means for you. Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, you know, I last uh, year I was actually thinking that maybe I'm going to retire in 2021. And uh, my wife and I had a long discussion earlier this month, earlier this year. And uh, the decision was, you know, why should I retire? You know, I like what I'm doing. I think what I'm doing is important. Uh, we like the house that we're in. If I were to retire, we'd probably have to leave the house. But, you know, we like the neighborhood. We like everything we're doing. And as long as I'm able to do this, maybe this is my retirement. You know, part of it is that my whole career has been spent in media, mostly in radio, but I've also done newspapers, magazines, and new media, except for a three-year stint where I was a game designer. Whole story about that one. Okay. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I don't. I'm, I'm old enough now where I don't think that I could get another career. Uh, now, if I was just on my, if I were to retire, I think what I'd be doing is uh, thinking about, gee, I really want to make that one perfect beer. I, I know I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that, or or, uh, <laughs> or a good right and salutary thing, I would say. That's true. Yeah. And then you know, I'm thinking maybe, gee, it would be kind of fun to do a, a blog, maybe a political or religious blog. That might be kind of fun to do, too. But again, why? I've, I've got a platform here. Uh, I have wonderful co-workers. Um, and as long as I'm physically capable of this, and as long as they'll, they'll keep me. <laughs> Fortunately, the LCMS does not have a mandatory retirement age. Otherwise, I'd be in trouble. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I know um, a lot of people. I've known some people, for example, here at the Senate who have retired at a senior age. And then they've done things like going on, on mission work, uh, which I don't think is for me. Um, yeah. But, um, and I've known a lot of uh, other people, both here and outside uh, other pastors, who are on their second careers as pastors. You know, they had a, uh, a fulfilling career earlier, and they retired, and then decided they wanted to help spread the gospel. So that's an interesting aspect, too. But um, as for me personally, well, you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm spreading the gospel. I'm happy to do it. In fact, I'm humbled and honored that I can do it. Um, so... I think maybe yeah, in many respects you're in your second career, aren't you? I mean, you know, in terms of religious news media. Oh yeah, no, this is the first time I've done religious broadcasting. Um, you know, I, again, I was trained as a journalist, and as I said, I've, I've worked in journalism media for for eh, dare I say close to fifty years now. Uh, but no, I never did religious media. I did once uh, work for a Catholic station, although they were not. Uh, they were not broadcasting religious, uh, anything religious. It was strictly a middle-of-the-road type uh, program. Uh, but yeah, this is the first time I've done uh, religious broadcasting. And I have to tell you, I have found this much more fulfilling than anything I've done in the past. You, you said that, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And it's not that the other stuff isn't important, because you and I have talked about that before. Good journalism, good research, you know, getting your facts straight, all that is, it, I don't know if it's ever been more important than it is right now. 
Oh, I agree with you. And, you know, I can look back at some of the things I've done in the past, uh, some of the stories uh, in disaster areas or things like that, you know, where maybe, just maybe, some of the stories I've done have, have done some good. Uh, but, again, that's, that's in the secular world. And as I got older, uh, the more I came back to my roots, which were the LCMS. And uh, as I say, here I am, where I'm, I'm very happy, and as I say, I'm honored and humbled to do this. And I consider this this work that I'm doing now to be extremely important. You know, instead of just talking about raising ratings or maybe even trying to expose corruption, things like that. Now we're talking about souls. Yeah, I you know I want to encourage people who are approaching retirement to consider may, at least making part of that re- retirement serving the church and volunteering in some way. Um, I think that's a, almost a bigger deal now than it has ever been before. And a, a big part of that is simply because so many households are both mom and dad working. And so families, even though our families tend to be smaller right now, that I, in many respects I think they're busier than ever because they're juggling stuff. And my goodness, uh, Kip, I don't know what we would do here without some of our retired folks and the stuff that they do. Um, it's uh, and so important for our families. You know, my, my mother-in-law, who lives five minutes from us, she volunteers at our school. She was a crackerjack uh, special ed teacher and led a big Sunday school at her church for years and years. And she comes in um, <laughs> for a better part of the day most often, and she works one-on-one with kids at our school, providing you know additional resources and support for those kids and doesn't really charge us to dine. It's an incredible gift. I don't know how my parish, St. Paul's, would live uh, at least as vigorously as we do without the retired folks uh, who serve us in in all kinds of different ways here. And, I, you know, I, I'd mentioned, you know, my mother-in-law, Carol Allen, who was a, just a crackerjack um, special ed teacher. And... In, used to run a huge Sunday school uh, at her church, and in her retirement here, you know, um, you know, we're a Lutheran school. I mean, and we have a we have a really great school with a fantastic staff, but you know, not tons and tons of resources. And Carol comes in and pretty much pro bono uh, provides you know special education and additional support for some kids that need it, and it is an amazing gift. Um, you know, around around the building, people are doing stuff. We have, you know, we have grandparents that come in and read with kids. And um, I mean, you, you know, in your parish, it's the same. You, every aspect of the church and school's life, there is there is some kind of volunteer. Our director of operations is the retired deputy fire chief, um, Glenn Lydell, who is a just a great servant of the Lord, and you know, make sure, you know, we, we don't, we don't pay a business manager or pay a, you know, we have a part-time maintenance guy. So we're able to direct more resources toward the school and these guys make sure things happen. So, um, well, that's, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, you know, churches are undergoing a, a financial strain now as, you know, especially during this pandemic when people are not attending and, and donations are down. Uh, but there's a lot that, 
people can do to support their individual congregations that will ease the financial burden without actually having without actually paying money into it uh as you mentioned you know maintenance work uh taking care of the uh, the lawn where they don't have to hire a, uh, a a groundskeeper things along that line i think would go a long way uh one thing i'm curious about Lance, has uh, did Luther ever address the issue of that? Because I know you know he never retired. He preached up until the day he died. I would imagine he did, but uh, you're—I'm not the Luther scholar to be able to answer that question. Um, I mean, I could—you could answer that question. I think in terms of the small catechism in a number of different ways. Well, let's you try know, it that way. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, the the catechism is brilliant in its. Um, in the persistent in the persistent admonition to serve one another, you know, for example, Luther's you know Luther's explanation of the of the Ten Commandments. They have a a negative aspect and a positive aspect. You know, not o- not only so for let's you know for example, just the fourth commandment, uh, honor your father and your mother. You know, we should fear and love God, so that we do not despise or anger our parents and other authorities, but rather honor them serve and obey them, uh, love and love and cherish them. So there's the, the don't do this, but in Christian love, there is the do this. Or the fifth commandment, for example, um, you shall not murder. Um, on the one hand, the negative side of that is obvious, but the way, Luther, the way Luther explains this is we should fear and love God so that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, but rather help and support him in every physical need. Now, that commandment, you can wrap all this, all the support that people give in their retirement in many and various different ways can be wrapped up under that explanation, I think. Well, I've got a neighbor uh, who is retired. Uh, she and her husband now have actually started to put out a neighborhood newsletter that they mail to everyone. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, it is cool about what's going on in the neighborhood, uh, city council, what, what, what's going on there, and what, what uh, items are on the agenda. Things like that, like that, and that's that's indeed, I think, serving the community well, uh, and you know that's part of, I think, what Luther talked about with vocation, is using sure. using your talents, using your God-given talents for the benefit of those around you. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, along the lines that you're thinking, uh, anyone who's been a farmer, at least historically, knows farmers don't. They don't typically retire. <laughs> you, know, you never know what a retired farmer. Right. You know, um, and a lot of, you know, I mean, at least up until relatively recently, pastors, did, a lot of pastors didn't really retire, retire. Um, you know, we always, you know, we've got, you know, this last week, uh, you know, our associate pastor here uh, left and, and, um, you know, we have a retired pastor who's coming in to help us out now. And, you know, thank God for John Kelling coming in to help us out. What a, you know, what a gift he is. And we, you know, we usually don't let, you know, a pastor usually has to work pretty hard to actually retire. Um, <laughs> Cause we try and we try and make use of these guys as often as possible. I've actually known very few pastors who have retired. Uh, I, I do know I do know some that have, I guess I refer to them as inactive rather than retired. Uh, we had that at my congregation where our pastor, my pastor, was called away on a family emergency, and there was another pastor who was 
semi-retired, uh, who's a member of another congregation, came in and, and held services for us. Yep. Thank God for those guys. So, you know, if, if you, you know, if, if you and your wife are cool with it and you, you know, you don't have this driving need to travel all over the place all the time and you're happy being there in St. Louis and KFUO is happy to have you. And, uh, I, you know, why wouldn't you keep doing what you're doing? Um, you know, um, well, that's exactly would, what we, that's exactly yeah. what we decided. Yeah. Why wouldn't you keep doing what you're doing? Of course, not everybody has that option. You know, for those of us, you know, those listening, I mean, some of us don't have that option. Some of us have to retire, uh, whether, you know, we're because we age out or, um, you know, whatever the re, whatever the re, or health, you know, for a lot of people, it becomes, you know, it becomes health. You know, I, I can foresee, you know, I'm the, I'm the pastor of a, you know, medium ish bordering large church. And, you know, we've got dozens of them, you know, as it were employees and a staff. Um, I can, I can foresee the day because it, you know, it, it's, it's a, it is often, especially in during COVID here it is it's, it's often really strenuous. Um, I can, I could foresee a day when I would want to switch places and take a little bit more of a backseat. Um, that's certainly not in the near future, but I, you know, as I approach, you know, getting into my sixties or something, I could foresee that. Well, I, you know, and focus more on my writing, for example. Well, that'd be something to consider. I mean, I, as I said right now, uh, for myself, you know, I'm perfectly happy doing what I'm doing, but I have to understand, you know, at my age, I ain't, a, I ain't a spring chicken anymore, and uh, things happen. You know, I can... Yeah, you're what, 45? <laughs> Try 72. Gosh, did I just say that? <laughs> it doesn't feel real. You know, there's this 20-year-old inside me screaming, No, 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 this is a mistake! <laughs> but, but, you know, it happens. Uh, stuff happens, and... Uh, that's something else that you need to plan for, I think. Uh, it's unpleasant. I don't like to think about I might not be able to get around. I might not be able to continue what I'm doing. You know, I, I look at my dad. He had he had Parkinson's, and right. he couldn't go on. My brother had uh, a number of health problems and simply could not maintain his independence anymore. Um but yeah, I got a plan for that. You know what? What will happen if I do that? I mean, um, one of the things uh, I would recommend to people out here. In fact, we did a uh, World of News Digest program on this. Is contact Lutheran Senior Services because they can help you plan what you're going to do when you can't go on anymore, or even if you can, anything from independent living to uh, rehab, things along that line. They have got a lot of resources, and. Right. Um, one of the things they say is, you know, it's never too late to start planning. What are you going to do? Right. Without a doubt. It, it, it's a, I get on a, on a fairly regular basis, you know, it, it, this is especially, I think, from those who have been really active in church for many years, and then all of a sudden health issues happen or a, a health issue with a spouse, you know, and then all of a sudden everything stops and the focus is on the spouse or, you know, there's a health issue and all of a sudden, you know, you can't go to church anymore. And that is a, a great 
spiritual dilemma for people. Uh, and one of the, you know, one of the joys of being a pastor is I get to visit folks like this. Um, but, you know, one of the, one of the challenges that I try and give to people who end up in that situation, you know, if you're, if your mind is decent and, you know, you can hold a pen, um, or even dictate something, um, write letters of encouragement to people, um, call people on the phone, pray for them. Um, you know, the, you know, you grew up in an age where people wrote notes, Kip. Oh yeah. That is a, that's a pretty rare thing now. <laughs> and well, it, it, it is. And, you know, I mean, sometimes people can't, or, you know, can't write as well as they used to, but you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of our, uh, you know, the people who work in our building here, um, our teachers, our admin, you know, the administrative staff, secretaries, pastors, um, what an amazing thing it is to receive a note or a, even a card of encouragement. I just received a uh, letter from a listener, an actual handwritten letter, three pages, yeah. uh, concerning uh, the show that I did about how my, when my, bro my brother passed away with, without having the faith. And it, it, I was right. just so touched by that. Uh, and you're right. You know, if the, there's something about that, the written thing on paper. Now, I will say my wife is very good about that. She's much better than I am. She always makes sure that when birthdays or whatever it is comes up, there's a card out there, there's a message, and she'll actually do it by hand, and she'll get that sent out. So that, you're right. It's it's a trait that we're losing. Uh, Got to take a little break here now. This one's actually planned, but we'll be right back. <music> I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County, inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at Chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6. It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO Radio. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 states, If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one to succeed. Find this true wisdom in Christ on Sharper Iron every weekday morning at 8 a.m. here on Worldwide KFUO. Sharpen the iron of your faith together with two pastors as they take up the sword of the Spirit to proclaim the gifts of Christ crucified and risen for you. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. 
The prophet Isaiah chapter 55 verses 10 and 11. Begin and conclude your day with the word that accomplishes the purposes for which it is sent. Morning prayer at 7 a.m. and evening prayer at 5 p.m. Weekdays on KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. The broadcasts of morning prayer and evening prayer are underwritten by Lutherans for Life. Welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Guest pastor today is Lance O'Donnell from St. Paul Lutheran Church in Accomodowoc, Wisconsin. We are talking about what happens to the Lutheran, or what should the Lutheran do, when approaching the end of their working life. Should they consider a service career? Should they just go into retirement? Should they think about what it is that they can do? What's their vocation? Well, if you have some thoughts on that, we'd love to hear from you. You can email it to letstalk at kfuo.org, or you can call in at any time. If you're in the St. Louis area, including Metro East, that's 314-8210-850. Or the lower 48, you can call in toll-free at 800-730-2727. Well, Lance, what are you thinking you're going to do when you hit that point? Um, well, it's interesting you ask, because I started uh, I started writing again about a year ago um it had been my ambition my uh an ambition of mine when i was in my late teens and early 20s to to write do some fiction writing and and then my life got turned upside down with my father's death and you know i had left the church and then i was back in the church and then the next thing i knew i was talking about going to the seminary and then i was in the seminary and married and having kids and the the fiction writing thing just fell fell off the wayside. And, you know, and then it would have been, my guess was about four years ago, I read a novel um, written by uh, Pastor Fritz Bowie. Do you know Pastor Bowie? Oh, yes, I do. Um, in fact, yeah. I've, I've read his, uh, The Diamond Quintet. So I, that I did, but I think it was called The Pilgrim. Yeah, that's the first one in that. And in fact, I've yeah, read that. So, Okay, so he, you know, he wrote, um, and it was, uh, you know, I had struggled because what I wanted to, what I wanted to write, I wanted, I wanted to explore how the Christian life is really worked out in reality, in, in, in a little bit more raw way. I didn't want to write something. I, I wasn't compelled to write something that would sell in a Christian bookstore, um, and. I, I didn't know how to how to do that. And then I read Fritz's uh, Pastor Bowie's novel and I wrote a little review for it on Amazon and said, you know, this is this is what I've been thinking about my whole adult life. And so I had that in the back of my mind. And then last year, maybe a year and a half ago, I read a, a novel by a Catholic author, Roman Catholic author named Robert Dugoni, um, who wrote um, a book called The Secret Life of Sam Hell, you know, about a little boy or about a boy born with a, a condition where his eyes appeared to be red and, uh, and took a lot of bullying. And, and Dugoni wrote, writes, you know, his Catholicism is just kind of part of how he writes. It's not pushy. And it was, to me, that was inspiring. And then I had a lot, a bunch of other stuff going on. I was super busy in some conflict and I needed to get my mind 
on other things. And I thought about, you know, should I start woodworking or should I take piano lessons or something of the sort? And, and I started thinking about what I do for a living. And in a story popped into my head and I started to write. And so that's what I've been doing. I'm on about chapter 15 right now oh. of, a, of a novel. Whether it gets published, I mean, I don't know if I'll be able to publish it because it's a little raw. I don't know if my people could handle it. <laughs> I may not be able to publish it before I retire, but it's been it's been so wonderful. And this is this is quite frankly what I you know what I hope to do. I'm trying to think about in terms of when I get to the stage where you know maybe um, you know my knees stink and I can't walk around, but what can I what can I do? to help kind of continue thinking through and communicate to people about how the Christian life is lived out. And I like fiction. So that's what I'm doing. Oh, that's wonderful. I've yeah. tried writing fiction before and I, I'm, I'm a lousy fiction writer. <laughs> I've learned I'm great with writing a news story, news release, but, uh, uh yeah. fiction is fiction's hard. You know, writing is very, very hard work. It, 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 it is, it is challenging. What I'm finding is, um, I have, you know, as opposed to when I was writing in my early 20s, I know who I am now in a way that I didn't uh, all those 30 years ago. Um, I know, um, and, I, and I know Christ more deeply, and I know people more deeply, and it's still hard, but I have a, I have a better sense of the way the world is, and, you know, I'm, and I'm less concerned with in many respects, trying to impress people. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that happens with age. Would you agree? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm getting to the point now where I really don't care what most people think about me. Oh, gee, did I just <laughs> say that? Yeah. And, and that, that's not to be obnoxious. It's just, you know, I, I know what I know. I have a good sense of who I am and what I'm not and I'm really enjoying just the, the thinking about it and use it. I, I've always enjoyed fiction as a way to, to kind of think through and convey things. One of my favorite books ever, by the way, for you, if you've never read it or your listeners, is a novel by the, the Swedish theologian Bo Geertz uh, called The Hammer of God. Boy, that rings a bell with me. Yeah, The Hammer of God is, uh, is brilliant. It, uh, he, and that's, that would be worth interviewing because there's a pastor in Pittsburgh. I think his name is Eric Andre, who's did part of the translation. It'd be worth talking to him uh, at some point. But it, what Geertz did is he took this little parish, I think in the middle of nowhere, and he, he made a story around four different eras of the church's life, you know, major things going on in the world and how it impacted that particular parish and how uh, the the hammer of God's word broke people to pieces and healed them. Um, is the quote, I think it's from Jeremiah. So the hammer of God. Um, so it's, it's brilliant. And that's, you know, Bo Geertz is a lot more pious than I am, but that that's kind of what I have, you know, I have in mind is, you know, my, the, the what I'm working through is a story about four guys who are 30 years old, um, who through trial and error are learning what success really is and often and, it's not what you think it is and often it's not what you think it is so um you know i'm right you know i'm doing some writing and i hope you know i i can see that in as i get 
you know, towards as I get older and God willing, my kids have kids and I have, I have grandchildren. I've always been a good letter writer. I, I can see my, I can see myself, you know, if the Lord gives me, if the Lord gives me life, I can, I can see myself writing letters that my grandkids would probably treasure for the rest of their lives. I can um, see that. You know, we were talking about uh, written notes and what have you. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, my, my brother passed away uh, last month, and I fell into possession of a lot of family items there. And some of them were, of all things, school assignments from my grandparents that were oh, written wow. in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And, you know, they practiced penmanship back then. <laughs> well, I don't have that gift. Neither do I. I. I've often thought I should be a doctor or a pharmacist because my handwriting is so bad. But in my reporter days, I never used to worry about having my notes subpoenaed because nobody could read them. Sure. <laughs> but you know, uh, I, I, again, you follow your vocation. You follow what you can do. Uh, when my dad retired, you know, he was he was a, a, a journalist from many many years. He even taught journalism at the University of Missouri for a while. Uh, he eventually, he and my mother uh, eventually wound up in an independent living area, uh, housing development. Um, and <laughs> Dad started what he called the Geezer Gazette. I love it. <laughs> which was a newsletter for inside the uh, the uh, retirement facility. And he did an investigative expose of uh, financial misdealings by the administrator. Wow. I'm sure they loved that. The oh. Geezer Gazette. That's well, you know, and there you are. You're keep you're keeping at it. Um, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that was. Dead. I could see I could see you doing that in 15 or 20 years or something like that. Right. Um, Gosh, you know, I may still be here in 15 or 20 years. <laughs> yeah. You're what you're you're what? 72 six, late six late 60s okay early yeah. 70s yeah well god willing you have you have a you have a good long road ahead of you what's the what's the medium age what's the median age for men now i'm not sure it's in uh, the 80 it's in the 80s somewhere yeah well, i took one of those tests once about they uh they talk about your lifestyle and what have you where life expectancy is supposed to be and i'm supposedly i've been dead for five years yeah <laughs> So, well, and you had two two heart attacks, one in your mid forties, correct? Uh -huh. Yeah, one in my mid forties, and the other in my mid fifties. That is amazing. Yeah. So, well, you know, every day is a day of grace. It is. <laughs> I have a, you know, my late my late uncle uh, Bill O'Donnell was, you know, started smoking when he was seven years old or something like that, and Uncle Bill got um, cancer in the the throat and had to have his larynx removed, right? So he had that hole in his throat. Ouch. You know, and uh, Uncle Bill had that whatever that trach thing is, and he always wore a bandana around. Uh, but you know, he was a he was a stubborn old dude, and he'd be out playing golf with us, and he'd always you know he'd have that he'd put his he'd put his uh, his hand up to his neck so we could hear, it. and then he'd say, "Every remember, boys, every day is a great day." <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <Yeah. laughs> every day yeah. you wake up on the right side of the dirt, the first thing you should yeah. do is say, "Thank you, God." Yeah. So I, you know, I, Uncle Bill always, you know, I find his, that voice ringing in the background, you know, every day is a great day. You know, he's, um, struggles though he had, um, rec recognizing the day as a gift, even with, even with its struggles. And that's, uh, that's a good lesson for all of us. Well, maybe that's something that we can do in retirement is that we, um, 
we can become, what, mentors, I suppose, or somehow telling people, you know, we, we, we've learned a lot in our life. Uh, now, I know when I was a teenager or early 20s, and somebody in the 70s said, I want to tell you about life, so yeah, I probably would have laughed at them. But, <laughs> boy, I have learned so much. I've made so bloody many mistakes in my life. Do you, do you know the book, uh, The Element, by Sir Ken Robinson? No. Um, I encountered, it would have probably been, well, it was well over a decade ago, I believe, uh, I saw a TED Talk that he gave. He's a Brit uh, that lives in the United States, and he, he writes on creativity and so forth. And he did a, uh, he did a TED Talk. Uh, and then wrote a book called The Element. And there's a, early on in, in The Element, there's a little chapter he wrote about this magical connection between older people and children that has always been true. And he, he references uh, something that happened in Oklahoma where somehow, some way, uh, a school district constructed a kindergarten classroom in the lobby of a nursing care facility wow. with glass wall, glass walls and stuff. And he said, uh, amazing things happened. The level of medications needed dramatically reduced. Uh, people lived longer and kindergartners started uh, to read at astounding levels in kindergarten. And you know, they're getting all these attention and these old people, and they also learn about the rhythms, of the rhythms of life and so forth. If you get a chance to read the element, I think you'd enjoy it. Um, I, I just, I'll never forget that chapter when I encountered it. Well, when I lived it's in, one, uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, one of, one of the ways our churches, so if, if our listeners are out there, churches and perhaps especially churches with schools can facilitate an interaction with children and that is really something we should strive for. Our country is terrible about this, about segregating people by age. Oh, that's so true. And, and the, the church is one of the few institutions in, in our culture where we get together uh, and, and commingle. And I'm, I'm convinced that we need to do everything at every avenue of church life that we can possibly do. Uh, to increase that kind of activity for precisely the reason that you talked about, because you've lived, you have some wisdom and we Americans are foolish. We think that the latest greatest thing is what we should be doing. And we don't, we don't sit down and listen to people who've been through it. Um, the church can really lead in this regard. When I lived in Palm Springs, uh, there was this marvelous museum there, uh, the air museum where they had uh, the largest privately owned collection of flyable World War II aircraft. And it was a marvelous place, Palm Springs Air Museum. But what they would do is they would, they would also um, sponsor talks from the people who actually flew those things during the war. I mean, we had people from the Tuskegee uh, Airmen who, were, who had spoke there. Uh, there was, uh, uh, I remember talking to uh, Jimmy Doolittle's daughter. 
Oh wow! Yeah, and a couple of the old uh, older guys who had who talked. I remember one guy for, for, for our listeners. For our listeners, you should probably tell them who Jimmy Doolittle is. Okay. If somebody <laughs> younger and listening. Yeah, Jimmy Doolittle was the one who led the uh, B twenty five raid on Tokyo in 1942, taking off from the USS Hornet. First strike we made against Japan in the war. Yeah. Uh, we had another guy. I remember <laughs> I was talking about. He was a P forty seven pilot. And he uh, was proud of the fact that he was the only pilot that got shot down by a boxcar. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he was he was trafing a German train. And uh, apparently the boxcar he was shooting at was loaded with the ammunition. The thing blew up. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> and it just trashed his plane and he had to crash land it. But he survived. And that? he survived and managed to escape capture. But, you know, this is something that we can do. You know, you mentioned about the churches and the schools. For example, there was um, one of my uh, uh, parishioners uh, is, a, uh, is a retired Marine. And uh, I was talking to him a few few weeks ago. He was talking about how he, during the Korean War, how he was uh, he was in charge of uh, taking care of uh, North Korean prisoners. And the thought occurs to me that this might be something we can do in conjunction with Lutheran schools: is to have the churches that have the older members who have the experience in certain things actually go and give some talks to the uh, to the young people there and then so, and somehow we have to we have to help the the young people overcome the inherent prejudice uh, that we have when we're young against oh. those who are old oh um, yeah yeah when you're 18 you know it all <laughs> I did <laughs> right Um <laughs> No, that's but the you know younger than that. I mean, they're you know little kids are way 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 better about this than older kids. And you get into your teen years and you start. I mean, you really start to get very self-centered, uh, you know, in a way that in I think in arrogant even. But but the little little kids, you know, can have a uh, often have just a almost a magical relationship. Uh, with with older folks. Well, one of the but, one of the things we might might do again. I'm going back to my Palm Springs days when I was working for Gannett. Um, we had a, a diversity committee. I was the token straight white male on it. But this another story. Sure. <laughs> uh, but um, we all had to put on some kind of a special program each month, and um, I did something for Holocaust Memorial. Uh, I actually located two Holocaust survivors. Uh, still have the. Uh, numbers tattooed in the forearms you know what you ought to do kit is how many uh, how many lutheran high schools are there in suburban st louis oh at least three i think you ought to consider reaching out to i assume most of these high schools have a journalism class somewhere along the line good point you ought to consider reaching out to whoever the teachers are and offer to come in or even let the kids do a field trip to see what you do, but talk about, um, you know, God, we've talked, you and I have talked about this on a more than one occasion. You know, God knows we need good journalists and good Lutheran journalists. Um, you know, you never know, you might inspire a couple kids. Or even, you know, even if your wife is willing to drive to Nebraska, um, <laughs> if, you know, would they have you up at Seward that's not too terribly far away? Um, hmm. 
you know, I, did, I just, I, I wonder in your, you know, in your case, there's a wealth of experience inside and outside the church and, uh, you know, life experience and different journalistic experience that you might be able to share with some kids if they're willing to have you. Um, that could be really fun for you. That's an interesting thought. I, I think I may take you up on that. <laughs> Why is it that that hadn't crossed my mind before? <laughs> well, that's what this program is about. This is what we... How we come up with these ideas? Yeah, that's great. I I think I will. That's a good I, one, Lance. Thank you. I would I would love I would love to sit on be a fly on the wall uh, for a couple of those conversations. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did give um, back in my younger days. I did I did give a couple of um, lectures at both high schools and uh, colleges, but uh, before I got into religious broadcasting. But one of my <clears throat> one of my standard things is I would walk into the classroom and say. <clears throat> Can anybody here tell me the name of the president of the United States? Oh, yeah. And they look at me like I'm I'm nuts. And say, I'm serious. Who's the president? Finally, somebody would raise their hand and say, so-and-so is the president. And I would look at them and say, how do you know? You know because someone like me told you. Right. And that was part of the thing with, where they didn't actually realize just how limited their own view is and how dependent they are on people in the media to tell them what's going on outside. Well, you know, for what it's worth, and another thing for you I was thinking of uh, moments ago was, you know, whenever, you're, whenever your time at KFUO uh, comes to an end, you know, assuming your, you know, your mind is still good, you have, the, you know, you have a really, you know, you have a good incisive mind and in a, in, a, in a strong understanding of, in a Christian worldview, there are lots of alternative media sites that are arising that need people who research and contribute. Oh, yeah. Um, I visit so, them. I visit them every day. I, I, and you do. So, you know, maybe in the longer term, that's part of how you continue to contribute, even when you're not maybe working full time, is... You know, maybe you're a researcher for Newsmax or God knows what. Um, and you help, you know, you, or you submit articles and you help out in that way. Uh, that, you know, being able to, to gather information, get that across to people concisely and with a Christian worldview, that is hard to do. It is. And there was a, uh, I was, in fact, I was reading an article today, I think it was in Town Hall, uh, about how the mainstream media really does not get Christianity. They don't understand what it's about. No. No. Who is the guy, Molly Hemming, or the guy, they, they have a guy periodically on issues, et cetera. Uh, who's, oh, Mark and Molly Hemingway? No. Well, not Mark and Molly, but there's a, a guy who was, uh, he used to be, uh, the Get Religion site that Molly Hemingway used to be a, that's helped start. Um, I'm trying to remember he's Eastern Orthodox now, but he used to be an evangelical. Um, he was occasionally, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's been a guest periodically on issues, et cetera. Um, but you know, they make, they make this case. That was the, the primary purpose of that site. Get religion. I think it's getreligion.org is they were ex exposing how the mainstream media doesn't, doesn't get religion. Well, I think it's absolutely true. Um, uh, I'm, um, I'm in the uh, middle of a Facebook debate right now with two of my cousins, <laughs> sure. both of whom are atheists, 
and uh, trying. They have such a misunderstanding of what it is I believe and what uh, and what it is that we as Christians believe. Uh, they somehow think that there's a great deal of hatred involved in Christianity, and I, I don't quite know how to get through to them on this. Well. Yeah, I mean, you just have, the scriptures have to do their have to do their work there. I mean, I will tell you, as a guy who was very anti-church for a while, um, when the lordship of Jesus is incredibly threatening, and it is in the, those who those who don't submit to it recognize, recognize uh, I, sometimes inherently, um, sometimes you know, sometimes. Uh, not so obviously that, that but Jesus is a threat uh, because if Jesus is who he says he is, if Jesus is in fact raised from the dead, then I am not the Lord of my life. And uh, by nature, we want to be in absolute control and we will rapidly defend ourselves against that until we're wrestled to our knees. Well, as you pointed out, we really aren't in control of our lives, but or hit the last minute now, Lance. Any final thoughts? I want to really encourage you and anybody who is listening. Um, you have God-given gifts, and and to you, the to make use of them in the in the church. Some some of you will, may be at home and not able to get out the way you you know letters of encouragement, calls, prayers. It's an amazing thing uh, for a pastor to receive a letter of encouragement. We get all kinds of. You know, you're a you're a moron type of stuff all the time, but to get a little letter of encouragement is is a great thing. And for a teacher to get a letter of encouragement for your grandchild or that, uh, there are so many different ways to serve, and there are different seasons in life, and so our our, our means of service are, are adjusted over time. But but God works through us, and that's a great it's a great gift. Absolutely, it is. Well, Lance, we're about ready to close it out right now. And, you know, you're talking about Fritz Bowie, about his uh, book, The uh, Pilgrim. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, did you know that he's also the one playing the guitar here for our uh, theme song? I do. Very gifted, very gifted man. Yeah. Oh, Lance, thanks again for the suggestion about maybe contacting the local Lutheran schools. I think I'll do that and see what I can do. Thanks a lot. Please tell me how it goes. Will do. You are listening to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. Program host Kip Allen. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back again next Friday. You've been listening to The Pastor is In, a weekly chance to chat with the pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The Pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.